Non, c'est ce que je disais. Oui, moi, s'évader, c'est de la blague. Après tout, tout est beau. Il n'y a qu'à s'intéresser aux choses et les trouver belles. The time has come. Catherine Bigelow! This and some of the other nice things that have happened to me in the last couple of days may turn me into some sort of hopeful optimist and ruin my whole life. Spoil? <laughs> Did he spoil me? No! I remember quite clearly it was 1946 and I was four years old. My mother took me to see King Vidor's Duel in the Sun. Al film italiano Deserto Rosso di Michelangelo. Michelangelo Antonioni. Welcome to Filmotomy Podcast, episode 34. It's our half-time report. We're sort of um, looking back at the last six months of the uh, of the year. And as always, I'm your host, Bianca Garner, and uh, I'm joined by two wonderful people today. I'm joined by Robin. Hi, Robin. Hello again. And I'm also joined by Rob. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Yeah, very well, thank you. Suffering from some sunburn, but, you know, uh, it's all okay. I mean, there's something strange happening with the weather in the UK at the moment. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm not too sure what's going on. There's a great big ball in the sky which is emitting heat. No rain and wind as well, so I'm just wondering, am I still in England? I'm not sure. The sky is very blue as well. I'm freaking out. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> Um, anyway, so what do we feel really has been the year so far as in terms of film? Has it been a good year so far or do you feel like me and feel a little bit disappointed, Robin? Um, what are your thoughts? I've not been to the cinema as much as I should have, um, but it has given me an opportunity to dig out, sort of, I'm, I'm all into this, the streaming thing at the minute, I think the streaming, mm. there's there's some great opportunities there for filming, but I think with the big screen films, I think we've seen a kind of... The thing that stands out for me is the revival of the horror film of the female lead. That seems to be... Which is good for this time of year when it's quiet to have that propel, propel us into the second half. Um, obviously, there's two films in particular we'll likely discuss. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. We've, we've seen a bit more of the sort of revival of the horror genre and I am quite excited about that because uh, I'm pretty much a, a big horror fan, although I get a bit terrified and have to grab a cushion or in the case of watching Hereditary, I actually screamed out loud in the cinema, which was <laughs> oh, <laughs> embarrassing. <laughs> um, but well, over to you, Rob. What What's your general thoughts on this year so far? 
Well, I'd actually echo what Robin said because there's a lot of examples of uh, sort of these really strong uh, female performances in the horror genre. I mean, even stuff like Revenge. Uh, I mean, a lot of people really liked uh, that and Hereditary. So, I mean, there are just there are there's a there's a lot of really good yeah there's a lot of good horror performances from from uh, you know female performers. But um, I really have liked Paul Schrader's First Reformed, which is basically you know him revisiting the God's Lonely Man, you know that that kind of first appeared in Taxi Driver and then American Gigolo, The Light Sleeper. I have decided to keep a journal to set down all my thoughts and the simple events of my day. I will keep this diary for one year, and at the end of that time, it will be destroyed. And so he, it's a character, type of character he keeps revisiting, but um, I, this movie is just so fierce. It's so, um, it, just, it just really grabbed a hold of me, like like from the very start of it, and it's it's shot in this um, very old-school way, kind of uh, hearkening back to Ingmar Bergman and uh, Robert Bresson, so... Awesome. That's been a movie I've been really, uh, really captivated by, and then I mean I've talked about You Were Never Really Here uh, by Lynn Ramsey. I think is an incredible mm-hmm. movie, uh, and I want to mention Thoroughbreds uh, by yeah. Corey Finley. That was just those again female performances were just incredible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, it's been a good year uh, for like for a few titles, but. Certainly, comparing to last year, it's been it seems a little a little lacking. But I just think it's because twenty seventeen was such a good year. Yeah. Oh, I I feel as well in terms of blockbuster wise, I haven't been that impressed. Um, there's been some real sort of stinkers for me. I I watched Ready Player One, which yeah. oh was absolutely disappointing, and especially for a Spielberg film. And this just did not feel like a Spielberg film at all. Mm-hmm. I think. It's- Spielberg's kind of I think when he's done like his two films in the, the same year if you look back mm. to 93 I mean you know he did the, the big Oscar winner and the, the big blockbuster you know mm. of all time in one year nobody will ever ever do that ever again and then he did 2002 I think you know you had Minority Report and um, Catch Me If You Can so yeah. he, kind of just, he kind of does the straight with the sci-fi uh, or the like monster film. He's done that this year, even with a post. One, I think maybe you mm. might disagree with me a little bit, but I just found it a little bit flat, and I found Ready Player One like almost like a poor imitation of of an old Spielberg. Mm-hmm. I, I just felt underwhelmed by both films. I just wonder is he entitled to have a year off? It's funny that you mentioned about you know obviously he he directed Jurassic Park. It's brilliant, really. I mean, regardless of whether it's a cheesy popcorn movie or not, it's still really good. You know, it still has moments of pure cinema in it, you know? Well, it's miles better than what the Jurassic World movies are. You know, I mean, I I watched the the last one that came out a couple years ago, and it was just like, okay, they're... Okay. Uh, So... I, yeah, I think that um, I I think that those movies would be better served with him directing, um, mm-hmm. because I thought that he was actually going to direct this movie, and I was kind of kind of looking forward to it, and then I realized he's not, and I was like, okay, well, I think the novelty's wearing off as well. I think when, yeah. when you go back to '93, when I first saw that, I, I remember leaving the cinema, just walking back to the bus stop. It was quite a bit of a trek, and a truck went by, and I jumped out my skin because <laughs> for half a second I thought. That's, t- a that's a T-Rex. <laughs> yeah. And we're not impressed by those effects anymore. 
No. I think that's uh, why the 93 version was so... It is cheesy looking back, and it is a bit dated now, but... Yeah. But it's still... But, you remember that spectacle, I've seen it for the first time. Yeah, and I think, you know, there was the moment where, like, the T-Rex is in the uh, foyer, and the, the, the banner falls down, and oh, it roars, and brilliant. you just... Yeah, you get chills. I get chills just, like, talking about it I've now. Chills, and... I've got chills now. Yeah. <laughs> we actually had a, a d- adaptation of a video game this year with Tomb Raider. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know whether any of you guys caught it at all. Unfortunately, I, I did. <laughs> you didn't like it. Why, no. why not? It didn't seem like true to the original game. Um, and she, she was very flimsy, didn't really, you know, when you go back to Angelina Jolie, I thought she was quite good casting for that com- that game character, but I just couldn't get into it. And my wife's a big, she was a big player of that game, so she was, like, offended. <laughs> oh, okay. Because <laughs> she just spent uh, hours playing that game as a teenager, and this just did nothing for her, so. I thought it was okay, but, but then again, has there ever been a good video game? movie few you know? very few if any <laughs> yeah i don't know if i've been impressed by any of the big blockbusters a quiet place was was kind of made money but I, I don't know if i consider that wouldn't really be a blockbuster yeah i i can't i don't think i've seen any of them i think black panther but that, that was this year was it it was it was good though. i enjoyed it there's some good stuff in it some of the effects seemed a bit lazy but yeah but there the, was well it was that... enjoyable yeah I mean, there were certain moments where it was pretty bad CGI. Like, I think they're standing by the waterfall or something, and it just looks like they're standing in front of a green screen. It was quite dark, it was quite character-based, and I liked that. And it wasn't mm. cheesy, good story behind it. I will say that one comic book film took really was actually quite more enjoyable than I thought it was going to be, and that was Deadpool 2. <laughs> I haven't seen the second one yet. Yeah, I haven't either. I haven't caught it. Oh, alright. Well, it really is just basically the same uh, film from from the <laughs> you know the first one. But mm-hmm. I really liked that sort of humour. I liked the, the Ryan Reynolds making fun of himself. There's some hilarious moments at the end where he goes sort of back in time and shoots himself in the head to stop him from <laughs> taking on the Green Lantern film. <laughs> oh wow! Okay, That's I good. thought was that was worth it. That was worth watching the entire film for that scene. Uh, it's very funny, and I thought there were some actually some good moments where uh, the action and the comedy sort of worked well with each other. Um, I love the title sequence, which was a bit of a, a rip off of the James Bond films, you know, right. with the. Mm. But, you know, where the naked ladies dancing and the music and the guns going. But it's all Deadpool doing it. <laughs> it's really funny. And that was actually a quite a good cinema experience because I went and saw that in a the theatre with my auntie and um, her husband. And we were watching it and it was quite a crowded theatre and everybody was laughing. I'm just wondering, have you had any sort of theatre experiences this year which has been enjoyable in terms of being part of the audience uh i actually have a couple um so uh, a quiet place the the actual <clears throat> production and and capturing of that story is very much based on sound 
Mm. Um, and, and that plays a big part in the theater because especially in opening weekend, which is when I went here in the United States and theater was packed, you can just hear people like crinkling through their popcorn bags and slurping on their, so, and it kind of, I, I don't want to say it ruins it, but it's almost, it, it almost be, gives credit to the movie even more, you know, but, and then the other one is the ending of first reformed. Uh, I've seen it twice now in the theater and everybody everybody's like stays through the credits just because it, they're so stunned mm-hmm. and it's such an ambiguous like it, the ending's ambiguous and it's divisive you know because and so people are like have either said it's it's incredible and amazing or they're just like they throw their hands up in disgust and it's like what did i put myself through <laughs> so it's um it's that was really interesting to sort and i've seen online through other other reviewers and other people's experiences that that's been the same thing like people have like just been stunned into silence and just sitting there and let as the credits roll so anyway those those are two that just stick out well um i saw uh mercy which isn't a great film but i think it was a film that deserved to be watched in a cinema um because it's very it's about the story of um uh, David Crownhurst, who was a sailor who entered this race. He was like an amateur sailor um, who's played by um, Colin Firth. Oh, yeah. uh, the film was very sort of emotional, and I think I heard people crying, and that set me off. <sighs> so I don't think I would have cried at the film if I hadn't been in the cinema. And mm. I went to see it with my sister, and she was crying because she loves Colin Firth. Like, <laughs> probably the best cinematic experience of the years so far has been watching hereditary okay so fine and say what you want to say then Peter. i don't want to say anything i've tried saying okay things. so try again release yourself oh release you you mean yeah fine release me just say it just fucking say it don't you swear at me you little shit don't you ever raise your voice at me i am your mother do you understand you were saying, Rob, about the quiet, um, a quiet place. You had people rustling things and <laughs> eating popcorn and slurping drinks, which would probably do my head in. Mm. Um, but I think something about watching Hereditary, nobody was really eating popcorn or nobody was really sort of on their phone. At least I, I was so sort of caught up in the movie, I wasn't really paying attention to anyone else. Yeah. And after the film had finished and the finale had happened, which I won't give away, you know the expression, you could hear a pin drop. Everybody was sort of shell-shocked, and I don't know whether it was a case of whether they enjoyed the movie or not. I just think it was the what had happened on screen in the last five minutes, it just goes crazy. Yeah, and yeah. I, I, I personally, I, just hearing you talk just now, it I've, has made me reconsider that uh, maybe it just all of that information at the end just hit me in the face too, too much where I didn't even grasp all of it because um, I definitely want to revisit it because it was very, it was very interesting and very engaging, but it just, it seemed a little crazy to me and just didn't work. So I, I definitely want to revisit it just to sort of grasp the, you know, the entire thing. Cause I think some of it might've just gone over my head or just, I might've not gotten it <laughs> completely. So we'll see. So, Robin, um, you're pretty clued up when it comes to world cinema. Have you seen anything this year which has been impressive? A couple of sort of standouts, I think. Uh, one is, I mentioned I got a, I asked for a screener of a film, and it's from Estonia, it's called November. It's like black and white, it's like an old fable, 
It's like, you know, like the witch was kind mm. of like that, but a bit weird with the gore and the, the, the horror you don't see. This has mm-hmm. that, and it's kind of like a fairy tale of the girl. She's supposed to be in love with this man, and he's trying to find her. And he's got, but it's got like real weird stuff, like he's, he's got a snowman who he confides in. Um, and there's this like farm equipment that moves almost like with legs. So it's, it's, and then it starts talking. It's, it's really hard to explain. It's, it's, it starts off that when you see it moving at the beginning, it's quite terrifying. You know, like when mm. you first see the wheelers in the second Oz film or something like that when you were a kid. But then it becomes, it's very surreal and it's, there's some humour in it because the, this piece of like machinery kind of talks. <laughs> It's possibly my favourite film of the year. I'm going to write a review. Marmor valge jume, otse kui sametis tõmmeldud huule. See neil ju armastamus. Hissand Jeesus Kristus Jumalabu. Heida hõrmu. Ta on olla tema naine. Kas sa saad teha nii, et ta temast lõpuks ja mind armastaks? Üks, mida me kohe teha võime, on see, et tapame ära Hansu praeguse kaal. I don't know if it's classed this year or not, is Loveless, the Russian film. Mm. Which is... I think it's I think it's this year because I've seen it on quite a few lists already. So uh, for this year, so I would say yes. And that's yeah, that all, title rings a bell. All out bleak, you know. I don't know if you saw his last film Leviathan, but this guy's like very bleak, but he does it so well. A Polish film called Silent Night. Uh, family drama, but like really solid. Again, classic Polish cinema where they just absolutely mm. get it just right. You know, then family gatherings where it's a little bit awkward and the secrets come out slowly and very, very, very powerful. So those three, I think, and the breadwinner, and I think that's classed, oh, yes. I think that's classed yeah. as, a, as an as international cinema, you know. Yeah. First rate. I, lo- I love the breadwinner. I really, really love that. And I think for animation, it does, it's so good. It's just, you know, it's... It's beautiful to look at, you know, the, I know the story is so well developed, the characters, it really, it, it felt, it kind of reminded me a lot like Grave the Fireflies in that time, type yeah. of very emotional drama, and, you know, I, I don't think enough people are talking about it, no. which is kind of, kind of upsetting, leaving the theatre, just sort of heartbroken in, in, in terms of it just sort of hit me. Um, I got to interview the filmmaker, uh, the director, and the producer of Film Worker, the documentary, yeah, absolutely. which was very interesting. By Le- uh, all about Leon, who who worked with um, Stanley Kubrick as really his sort of right hand man. People who met him for the first time would always come out saying, "Ah, oh, geez, nothing like what I've heard about." I know the real Stanley Kubrick. What Leon did was a kind of crucifixion of himself. 30 years he spent with Stanley Kubrick. They were inseparable. I was doing theater, television, prestige, costume dramas, BBC, one-off plays, cop dramas, sitcoms. I shocked you, didn't I? A phone call came through and my agent told me, you've got the role in Stanley Kubrick's picture. Can you imagine? Oh, can you imagine? My God. What a brilliant documentary that is. I mean, even if you're not a fan of Kubrick, 
which is crazy because everybody's a fan of Kubrick. <laughs> um, even if you're not a fan of Kubrick films, you can appreciate that this is a person who's devoted their life. And, and really, he devoted his entire life to working with someone in order to help their vision. Yeah. I think that's something to be admired in a way. I mean, in, in terms of like devoting my time to the site. And I'm devoted to Robin's vision. <laughs> Robin, I am your Leon. <laughs> well, it's not—it's kind of your vision now. I think I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm looking up to you now. <laughs> oh God! Oh think, no, the pressure. I get up and think. Oh, it's I, very... I ask Bianca what she wants me to do today. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's very timely to bring it up because I believe uh, Liam and Tally just got uh, just got an invitation to join uh, the academy. Oh, the, wow, he was one of the 900 plus um, to receive a uh, an invitation to join the Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts and Sciences. So um, I thought that was that was really cool as well to see that. It's such a great documentary because it's not just interviews with him. Um, there's interviews from all sorts of people. You know, uh, mm-hmm. Danny Lloyd, who who was in The Shining, you know, as Danny, and it's really weird to see him all grown up. In terms of documentary, I've seen a couple of good ones um, this year. And, you know, I like my documentaries. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I saw uh, Lo and Behold, which is the uh, Werner Herzog. Yeah. Oh, Don Quixote moment. Oh. No, you're good. You say, say it. <laughs> I'll still add it, though. I'll still add it. <laughs> oh, no. It was so mean. Don Quixote. That was his documentary about the internet, uh, which I found fascinating because the, we take it for granted, really, don't we? I mean, we're doing this over Skype and everything, and it's uh, in terms of how the internet was created and, and, and what was the original vision of the internet, uh, mm. it's changed dramatically. And I thought that was quite a good do- documentary, although it was a bit general. Um, it did have some good points where it talked about uh, video game addiction, which I thought mm-hmm. was very interesting, considering that my boyfriend is obsessed with a, a certain video game at the moment. And, and then I also watched a great documentary, which I, I reviewed to the site, which was Spider's Web, yeah. um, which I was approached by uh, my actual... I used to write for another site, and the um, guy who ran that site approached me and said, oh, I've been the executive producer producer of this uh, documentary would you like to review it so I was like wow that's amazing and it's a really good documentary it's it's all about tax evasion and you you know the corruption of the bankers and everything and I thought yeah this is this is Rob would like this documentary (laughs) this is the documentary that Rob would like because you're sort of very much into that sort of thing uh, and also, I've seen um, Take Your Pills, which, again, was quite an interesting documentary about um, taking pills in order to enhance your sort of studying during college. Oh, um, yeah. No, no, no. I, it's, yeah, I'm just trying to think of what it's called. Adderall, basically. Uh, yes. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a contra- and it's a controversial thing because of, you know, kids being prescribed it for, you know, for having ADD or ADHD and, um, but yeah, a lot of college kids take it to, um, you know, be able to stay up longer, study, that kind of thing. Yep. And I found that fascinating and you wouldn't think it was actually, you know, something that you become addicted to or, mm-hmm. uh, because you can get it with a prescription, you know, it, it, right. it's bonkers, but, 
uh, there's a lot more documentaries that I'm looking forward to. But like I, like I suppose with Robin, it's kind of hard to, to get hold of them. Mm. I mean, I, I'm looking forward to Would You Be My Neighbour? Uh, yeah, that's actually in my theater right near me this weekend, and I can't go, and I kind of want to. I really want to see it. Um, and, and just real quick, I just want to throw out: the, there's a documentary coming out about Pauline Kale that I'm, I'm really looking forward to. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and I actually I didn't know what the Stanley Kubrick documentary was called, so I I didn't even know that was out. So I need to. Uh, I definitely need to watch that one as well. Yes. Yeah. I think it would be good to watch with Room 237, the other Kubrick documentary. Yeah. And yeah. then you could be, like, having a good old Kubrick session. Cause, you know. <laughs> the movies I've seen aren't, I wouldn't say, are the bigger releases. I mean, I liked American Animals, which was a smaller release. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of like a heist movie with that sort of subverts the genre a little bit. Um so I mean, I, and I've so I've seen a handful of movies. Um, I even liked stuff like Game Night, uh, the comedy. It's kind of a standard studio yeah. comedy, but had a had a few twists to it that was fun and kind of kept it kept it alive to the end. So, not to be snobbish, you know, no. there are some that would would really will sort of surprise me. Um, but then there are some which are a bit like Solo, which is kind of like ugh, really I don't want to see that, you know. It, it it's not Harrison Ford, and I'm not interested. So. Just like every drop out of a sponge, you know, it's like, oh, you know, back backstory of Han Solo. Do do we need that? Do we? No. Do no, we need we... more Avengers? Come on. Well, the thing is with Avengers is like, you know, they signed a contract to be in like <laughs> X amount of films, so I kind of don't feel like the stakes are there. It just feels a bit like, oh, okay. You know, if it was the case that I didn't know that they were going to be in the next film, or we had no idea that another film, another Avengers movie was coming out, then maybe I would feel a bit like, oh no, uh, you know. <laughs> but, yeah, like the end of Batman Superman when Superman's dead. Like, no, is he? Is he there? Is he? Is he? <laughs> <laughs> is he there? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I talk about things giving away stuff in the trailers. Has anyone picked up on that? I mean, I've been watching a yeah. few trailers recently, and I'd be like, oh, that had me interested, but then you showed this, and now I yeah. don't want to see the film. Yeah, uh, sometimes you can put the dots together, can't you? Like, oh, they're pointing the gun at them, they're falling over. Oh, so they shoot them. Oh, well, that's that then. <laughs> yeah. Well, um. uh, and then there's the occasional yeah. there's the occasional trailer that's pretty good. Like, mm. for instance, like the Suspiria trailer, I think. Um, yes. Yeah. Is interesting because I was very skeptical of that. You know, I'm just like, okay, well, hopefully it's not terrible. And then, you know, it actually uh, built up anticipation uh, for me anyway. So, yeah. And, there is the exception. And, yeah. And I think the music is used to, like, the use of sound is used to great effect in that trailer. Like, I've watched it quite a few times already, and I'm thinking, if the film is half as scary as what's happening in the trailer, then. Well, Rob mentioned to get a film called Revenge. I, th- I believe it's the last film I, I saw that- that's new. And I was, like, I was so impressed by it. But it was um, weird being a male watching it. You know, like, it's almost like, 
you know, what do they call it? The um, I can't remember. There's a word for it where there's sort of violence against women and slasher porn or whatever it is and exploitation. It felt like exploitation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it felt like um, spit on your grave type scenario. I mean, it's not. It's not yeah. spoiler. That's the premise. But it was just so different. It was done even even though she was half half naked as well. I wasn't watching it going, oh, this is good, no, you know, watching her, <laughs> you know, oh, this is, this is good, I like this, but it's like, yeah. you know, it was, it, it was classic, girl with a gun, kicking, kicking ass, and rightly so, against these three animals, and it was kind of that mentality, and the music kept your, kept your nerve up as well, and it, it was rounded off very nicely, and very, very violent, some of it, but almost like Tarantino violence, like, just pure, you know, that movie should have appealed to me like completely and it just did not because i felt like it went way too over the top yeah. like it just went way over like like past the point where i was willing to and i know it's it's supposed to be that kind of movie a little bit but yeah. i just was law I, I and some of the some of the like the gun stuff really bugged me like wait a minute he has <laughs> He has a rifle, but he's not like he's not like actually reloading the shot. You know, once he takes a shot or something. You know, it was just little <laughs> stuff like that that I got hung up on, and it was like, okay, I can't. I'm sorry, uh, <laughs> but I, it was visually very, very interesting. I will say that. I mean, that fact where the chase. I'm not going to give too much away, but the 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 chase at the end where they're going around in circles was yeah. cinematically yeah, was... It was really good. But mm-hmm. part of his going, this is like watching Tom and Jerry. This is crazy. And there was more <laughs> blood with every shot, as I suppose there would be. He didn't even yeah. have any clothes on this guy. It was, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It was something for the ladies. <laughs> yeah, although, uh, although he's not really the kind of guy that you should find attractive. He's no. complete louse. Um, I didn't. I really didn't like that film, and yeah. I think it, my reasons were because. I don't like the rape revenge film mm. in general. Uh, I, I've never really liked that sort of. I guess it's a subgenre. I, I just think it's it's not. It makes me feel very uncomfortable, and I can't really watch it because it, it's just too. I don't know. Um, and I didn't like the character, the main character, because I don't know anything about her backstory. No, that's right. Uh, yeah. yeah, and she's kind they, of a. Yeah. She's a bit of a blank slate, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I didn't buy into how then suddenly she became like this warrior. It kind of, if maybe we had a bit of a backstory like in Your Next does it quite well, oh. um, where you find out that the main girl was part of a survival cult, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, and that's how she knows how to do all these things like make traps and um, first aid and stuff. And I thought, oh, that's a nice touch, you know, because it kind of gives backstory to it. Whereas in Revenge, I was just like, how is she knowing how to do all this? And there was one scene where she sort of like sorts her wound out. Oh, yeah. You know, she has a wound which, come on, you would be dead. I, I, you know, if we had like a flashback or explanation at the start, you know, she was like, oh, well, I was brought raised on a farm or something, then maybe I could buy into it. I think it's the spontaneous <laughs> adrenaline that, that attracted me. I think, we, like we've mm-hmm. mentioned a couple of things, where you just have to, I mean, the, I mean, the fact that she falls off the cliff and lands like that, and she can get off it just by, with a lighter. If you if you can't suspend your disbelief there, you just, you're going to have to just stop watching it. And yeah, yeah, well... I just, I just went with it. I and mean, it's not, I don't like revenge films. I don't like violence against women. I'm not, like, 
for this women running around with a gun on half naked but this is just yeah. adrenaline i think i just went with it and it saw me through to the end you know and it's not going to make my top five but it's, mm-hmm. it's a film i remember and it did something that she yeah. done very poorly you know quite well and i think in terms of uh we're saying about central female leads of this year it's quite a good yeah. you know female-led film and we were saying like a couple of podcast episodes ago that there's been some sort of decline in in, in you know female-led films and the ones that they've been sort of offering up you know uh oceans eight haven't been that great oh i did a rhyme there <laughs> well i almost think that you know, something like Tully, which I really liked that was out earlier this year. Jason Reitman directed it and Diablo Cody wrote the screenplay. And I mean, it's it's about really these two uh, two female characters sort of, you know, supporting, you know, one supporting the other. Um, but, you know, I really so I mean, that that movie stands out really as like um as as one to sort of hang hang our hat on as being really like I really liked it I thought it was a really well made film, um, but it's not the type of movie to get that gets made a whole lot anymore you know. So what else I've, has drawn on me is that there's films that I've liked not just this year but the past sort of two years, and then you realise they're directed by a woman and it's not like it's almost like we don't have to look too far anymore which is really really good, mm. but there's a film called The Tale which is new. I think it's yeah. on HBO or something like that, but... Yeah, I've seen it, yeah. It's based on Jennifer Fox, What Happened to Her, mm-hmm. um, and it's done so well, and Laura Dern, uh, talking about mm. the central performance, she she, is, she has still got it, and she's so brilliant in that film, and she hardly moves a muscle. She's just in the moment, and you, everything about her is just, like, the best, one of the best, like, subtle performances. I thought yeah. that that was a, that was a really um, brave, like, sort of brave... Uh, choice to to because that's her story. That's Jennifer, the director's, the writer and director's story. Yeah, um, thought, Laura yeah. Dern's playing her, so it's just like a. To me, that's almost just like uh, it's so risky and so because you know, being too close to something. I mean, even if it isn't your story, you can become almost you can sort of lose that objectivity or whatever. And it is, a, I mean, it is a completely subjective thing because you're telling your story, your point of view, that kind of thing. So, um, I yeah, I just thought just doing that was incredible. So uh, it's it's a big, I think it's a big accomplishment. But uh, let's go into performances these are films that i have actually seen okay. so and I, I just thought i would start with male performances i would go with uh, first off alex wolf in hereditary he plays the son peter mm. and i think he's brilliant in that film and there's one scene which i've written about but i don't want to give too much away that's car scene his acting in that is superb and he doesn't say anything it's all in his body language and in his eyes you know and I think so it's distressing. very distressing, very powerful. We touched briefly on Black Panther, but Michael B. Jordan was actually quite decent in in um, is it Killmonger? The, yeah. the I thought he was quite. He really sort of stole the scene. He kind of know? had fun with it, didn't he? It was a classic, yeah. classic showy baddie, and he he really got his teeth into it. I think. Yeah, he was very much chewing up the scenery. Yeah, definitely. You know? definitely. So uh, Alex Wolf was act- he played uh, John Bachdorf in My Friend Dahmer. So <gasps> ah, yes. yeah, I thought he looked familiar, but I did yes. I couldn't place him. 
And yeah. he also makes an uncredited appearance in Thoroughbreds at a party. So, <laughs> oh, well, wow, great. It's so weird. He's getting, he's getting around a bit. Well, that's actually quite funny because you've mentioned my friend Dharma. I thought Ross Lynch, who plays Jeffrey Dharma yeah. in, mm-hmm. in the film, is amazing. And he it gets yeah. really under the, your skin. But he plays it in a way where you feel sort of sympathetic towards him. You think, mm-hmm. oh, if only he had someone reach out to him. And I think he's very great. In, he really becomes sort of like a chameleon. You know, very lost in that role. So that was great. Uh, Another sort of uh, great performance was Charlie Plummer in Lean on Pete. Mm. Very good, very good. I watched that film yesterday. Uh, Really great drama. Very sort of had a very 1970s feel to it. Very sort of downbeat. You just think, oh, my God, what more is this kid going to go through? (laughs) And I, I think as well, it's like he, he's, he connects with the horse and it's very yeah. much like a horse represents freedom, doesn't it, really? You know, to yeah. sort of be free yeah. and uh, uh, roaming, you know, the, the lands. I would also like to say Joaquin Phoenix in You Were Never Really Here. Great performance. Absolutely brilliant. And, you know, he won last year, didn't he, at Cannes? Cannes, yeah. And he really deserves it because that, again, all these performances are very quiet, aside from sort of Michael B. Jordan. Um, but they're very sort of like holding in on their emotions. And there's a little bit of touches of toxic masculinity there. And I kind of like that. It's it's very interesting. There's a lot going on in terms of uh, the representation of masculinity on screen, which is great. And um, just another one quickly. I Well, actually, another two I'll quickly mention um, because they're both in the same film. So I just thought I'd mention them quickly. Um, Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead in The Endless. Great, great science fiction thriller, horror, cult drama. Just weird. Just weird, but amazing. I love the the sort of uh, interaction with each other because they play brothers. I really liked, I really sort of brought into that. There was a sort of uh, a freshness to their performance as well. Yeah. You can see the history, couldn't you, in the characters? I do want to say Ethan Hawke, I think, gives his best performance of his career in Refers Reformed. He, it's such a withholding performance. Um, it really, it really almost requires an audience who is invested in searching him out. He's not very, you know, it, it, what's on the surface is not necessarily what um, the character is. And so, I mean, it's. I just think it, it takes a a incredibly subtle uh, acting ability to be able to pull that off. And then um, in the same movie, uh, Philip Edinger, who plays Michael, he literally has one scene. And I think that uh, there's a very strong possibility it's good enough to get him a Best Supporting Actor nomination. Oh, right. Uh, it's, that, it's that good. It's that compelling mm. kind of thing. So, um, I, yeah, I just the, both of those performances are really great. And, and even Amanda Seyfried is in, in the movie uh, as Mary is, is really good as well in all of her scenes with Ethan Hawke. I want to say Rachel McAdams was great in Game Night. She was, yeah. Yes. She was really funny. She was so funny. And I've not really seen her in anything com- comedic, really, to in that level before. She mm. was she was easily the best thing in that movie. And yeah. she's just great. And I think it could have been a, a, 
a role that could have just been like a bit of a secondary sort of like oh just the you know the lead the main character's girlfriend but she really sort of made it her own and she, her comedic timing is just spot on what is that you heard that what's that sound what's that sound is that the bullet <gasps> that's bone what that's not right Okay, um, what do the races say if you can't find the bullet? Uh, yeah, that's bone. You got the bone. I'm looking at my bone. <gasps> Look right here. Max, did you get shot twice? That's the exit wound. Oh, it came out. Yep, nothing to remove. The bullet has exited the arm. Well, let's just sew that sucker up, huh? Yeah. Also, would like to say Tony Collette in Hereditary as Annie. Just great. Just a great performance. I think really sort of just goes from being a sort of quiet, withdrawn, quite orderly type of person, and then she becomes, like, monstrous. (laughs) 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 There's what the scene where they're having their meal at the dinner table. Oh, gosh. So good. That is a great moment. And um, actually, everyone in that scene is brilliant, but she is just there, and she's the look on her face any second she's just gonna go batshit crazy also in the same movie uh millie is it um shapiro millie shapiro as um charlie Mm -hmm. she's really great in that and i think it's it's quite hard hard role to do because it's a very sort of i don't know it's creepy i don't want to use the word creepy but you know very sort of like uh impressionable performance it really leaves you sort of like you don't quite know what's up with her character and that clicking sound that she does <laughs> in the film where she's like and oh my god very great and just wonderful just certain moments where she's just completely expressionless and it just works olivia cook and anna taylor joy were amazing in that. yeah I thought they were brilliant, especially Olivia Cook, and really sort of just some really great chemistry between them, like interactions. Yeah, they're playing on the audience's expectations, and that's just so much fun um, to see what ends up happening between their two characters, and to sort of go back and rewatch it, just and and kind of know from the start what's going yeah. on, and to sort of watch them. It's just it's it's so much. It's just a lot of fun. You ever think about just killing him? I mean, no. Could at least consider it. No. Just weigh the pros and cons. No. Why don't you consider all options? Yeah, not like murder. Yeah, sure, it's outside the box, but you can only get so far thinking how everyone else thinks. Look at Steve Jobs. What? I'm just going off what you're giving me. It's a cost-benefit analysis. Seems like you could generate a lot of benefit for a lot of people. Except I'd spend the rest of my life in jail. Why are you assuming you'd get caught? And also, last but not least, I want to uh, say Claire Voy in Unsane was very good. She was good, yeah. Yeah, I wasn't really... Kind of liked the movie, but I had some quabbles with it. Yeah. Um, but she was great in that film. Is there any, any other sort of female performances you want to mention? Well, I was going to mention that one, but um, uh, obviously, um, Lower Dan 
as well that we mentioned mm-hmm. earlier. Um, I'm going to mention the 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 lead in Loveless, the woman who plays the mother. She's really good in it because she, she's not particularly a very likable person in spite of what happens to, to her and her husband. But she's um, quite ruthless and quite mm. quite um, nasty. Um, but you kind of understand why. But she's so good in it. And then she's kind of like, later on she goes to visit her mother and she's got an even, more, uh, even worse relationship with and this like Russian grandma just like goes to town on her and she kind of steals it. She's only got this one scene. So it's like the lead and the, the, the cameo. But the, those two stood out for me in, a, in, a, in what is a brilliant film. I asked Twitter, yeah. as I do, just to sort of see what other people were saying. Um Cinema said that um, his film of the year so far would be You Were Never Really Here. Lucy Goes to Hollywood said Ghost Stories because it was refreshing to see a British horror with some generally terrifying moments. I haven't actually seen Ghost Stories, but I do want to get around to seeing that. Mm. Annihilation. Yeah, I I went back in February to check it out just because it was Alex uh, Alex Garland's follow-up to uh, Ex Machina. Um, Chris Watts said Coco. Closely followed by Phantom Fred. I would say Phantom Fred was last year, but maybe... I mean, I guess it was released here in January, so... Chris Wilson um, mentioned free billboards. Right. Now, see... <laughs> that was I, last year, wasn't it? Going back a bit now, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> um, Spotlight. Daniel... Spotlight was brilliant. <laughs> oh, um, Persona. Well, that was a great film, wasn't it? <laughs> oh God! Uh, I just got getting a Bergman little uh, reference in it as much as I can. Yes. <laughs> um, Robert Daniels said uh, Black Panther, and also said Leave No Trace. Um, it's making festival rounds, and I believe it's in limited re- release right now. But Wow is how I would describe the performances, and. I do want to see Leave No Trace. I've heard good things about that. Um, Rachel Wagner um, at Smiling Girl said, Paddington 2, the cinema scene mentioned The Post. See, is... I, this the last year title. Come on, guys. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. But these, you know... Did you, did you put 2017, like, type up? And... I put 2018, okay? I put 2018 on it. So you could go back and have a look at it. X Machina um, was brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to Twitter. Uh, Will uh, Bowers, love Simon left my heart full to bursting. It's still my number one of 2018. Ah, that's quite nice. Um, uh, Geek 18 said, Of Dogs, Ocean's 8. Wow, a fan of Ocean's 8. Interesting. Uh, I've met one. Um, Infinity War, A Quiet Place, The Post, Game Night, Ghost Stories, Black Panther, Ready Player One. Surprisingly, Jonathan um, agreed with you, Rob, and said first pick. Um, his first pick is um, First Reformed. Last but not least, uh, Diana Knight uh, at Candy Street. Uh, at Can Streets, I hope I'm saying that Di- uh, right, Diana. Uh, apologies if I'm not. She said, my favourite film of this year so far is The Greatest Showman. And my favourite indie film of this year is A Quiet Place. Well, you c- you can have A Quiet Place, but I'm not letting you have The Greatest Showman. I'm sorry. Uh, I don't like musicals, that's why. It's ironic because um... when, when I watched it, I wanted to turn the volume off. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> And I love Hugh Jackman, but yeah. I've heard that I've heard that song 
This is me. Oh. So many times now, and I'm just like, I, you know. We know. We, we know. We know it's you. We know it's you. Thanks for reminding us. This is me.